this morning I'd like to talk to you about treasures, treasures in jars of clay. And to do that, I have a couple of stories for you. Uh, let me begin a little preface with that. How many of you have elderly parents, elderly parents? Are you to that stage yet where you're beginning to look through all their stuff? Yeah, to see what, it, what it's going to be. And if, like me, where both of my parents are gone, then you have that task where you, we have to go through all the stuff and decide what, what to do with it. So there was a, a brother and a sister, and they were going through their parents' stuff. They were going through the attic. And they found uh, a vase, and it, and it looked like it could be valuable, could be worth something. They didn't really know, so they, they took it to an auction house to have it appraised. And lo and behold, it was an 18th century Qing Dynasty vase from China. And it was appraised at $2 million. $2 million. $2 million. But get this. They then actually auctioned it off, and the price kept going higher and higher and higher and higher until it set a record for a Chinese vase. You know how much it, it finally sold for? $69 million. Anybody want to go home and look in their attic? You know, <laughs> I don't have anything like that. I don't know, maybe your parents do. But it's amazing what you can find sometime. It was like this other couple, a husband and a wife, they were in the, in the small town of Landers, Wyoming. You can look this up. Landers, Wyoming. And unlike around here where you can pretty much, you know, put your garbage out and, and the, the truck will come and take it, you have to, you have to take your garbage, your trash uh, to the landfill. So they went to the city dump. And they were, they were dumping off this stuff. And while they were there, they thought, well, let's, let's kind of look around. There might be some good stuff. You never know. And, and so they found it was, it was old, but a rather ornate wooden headboard. And the wife thought, you know, this could really look good in our bedroom. You know, you can fix it up and we'll spruce it up. And, and it, it could be a treasure. Well, as they were putting it into their pickup truck, it was rather heavy and bulky. And they hit the leg on the tailgate. And one of the caps fell off. And all these gold coins began to pour out. Literally a fortune. Now... Why don't we ever have luck like that? I mean, I don't. Maybe you do. So I've got one more story to make you feel better. <laughs> there was a lady, and she had to get hearing aids, and some of you know this. Her insurance did not cover it about 15 years ago, and each hearing aid was about three grand, $3,000. Rather expensive investment, but it was going to help her hearing, so she wanted to try them out. So she went to dinner with her husband and some friends. But she noticed that unlike, you know, the, the normal human ear, which filters out background noise pretty well, she could still hear all the noise from the kitchen and from the plates, and it was, it was really annoying. So she decided that for the conversation, she would take out one of the hearing aids, and she set it down, and well, then it was the end of the evening, it was time to leave, and couldn't find it. She didn't, she didn't know where it was, and of course it's expensive. So she had all, her, all of her friends and her husband look for the hearing aid. And the friends, they were looking under the table and, and under the plates and everything, but her husband just sat there. And the wife then said in that wife voice, husbands, you know this? Now what did you do? Right? And all he said was, I thought it was an almond. 
Yeah, think about that for a little bit. Uh, I don't even know what they did with that treasure. If they ever found it again, I don't know. But the point is this, and this is really what we want to get to. Things aren't always as they seem, are they? And so sometimes we must dig deeper to get to the truth. And that's really what this book of 2 Corinthians is all about. I want to go first to the fifth chapter, and then we'll go back later on to our text. Because Paul does this throughout the entire book. He points out things that, that may not be obvious at first. So he says, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You see, Paul was a Jew, and many of the Jews, like the world today, would look at Jesus in a different way than we do. They would see him as a really good human being, a great teacher, maybe even a prophet, an extraordinary healer, a great preacher, but also human. He gets tired. He, he sleeps at night. He gets hungry. And, of course, obviously, he suffered, and he died. Paul is saying we need to look at Jesus differently, not as the world does. Let's look at Christ differently as the Bible reveals him. He's divine. He's God himself who's come down from heaven so that we could see exactly what our heavenly father is like, how much he loves us, that he would suffer on our behalf and express his love then for us by dying. But he didn't stay dead, did he? He rose from that grave so that the same power that was in Jesus can also be in us. So Paul's saying, even as we look at Christ differently, let's look at everybody differently. Not like the world does. Let's not just see outward appearances. The color of our skin. What we wear. What we do, our status or position, high or low. Let's begin to look rather at the inside. And I'm not talking about some, you know, fluffy kind of <laughs> explanation. They have a wonderful personality. <laughs> but what truly matters, and that is, is this treasure of God in you? Is the light of Christ in you? And is it shining for the world to see? Because finally, the only thing that matters in a human being is whether we are reconciled to God. Do we know Jesus as our Savior? Because the fact is this, we are all earthen vessels, aren't we? We are flawed. We are Im, in, imperfect individuals. Created from the dust of the ground as Adam was. It is the treasure inside that makes us valuable. So this morning, I want to, first of all, point out for all of you, even when you're not feeling so great about yourself and all your flaws and all your imperfections, I want to give you a number of reasons to rejoice. And the first is this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, 
made his light shine in our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So apart from Christ, we are in the dark. But here's the great news. We're not in the dark. We can rejoice because the light, the treasure, the good news, Jesus himself lives right here. So over here we have this, this baptismal font. Yesterday we had a baptism. Uh, an, an infant of the congregation was baptized. Now, if you were looking like the world would look, Saturday morning, little baby, pour some water on its head. What does it look like? A bath. As ordinary as a Saturday morning bath. Benign and ordinary and, and common. Something that happens all the time. And yet we know that this was something amazing and extraordinary. It may not have looked as dramatic as, say, when Saul of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus. And you remember that story, that the lightning came and he was blinded and he fell off of his horse and he heard this voice from heaven. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he couldn't see a thing. But then after a few days, the, the scales fell from his eyes. And he could see. And he proclaimed that the Christ that he had persecuted and all of his followers that he sought to kill, now he proclaimed the resurrection and that Jesus indeed was his Savior. Rejoice in the treasure that God has given you. That baby yesterday, she was beautiful. She didn't cry. She didn't scream. There wasn't a gasp of any kind. She didn't all of a sudden start speaking in coherent languages. It looked like a little water. But inside, the light of Christ was shining. Though it wasn't visible to us, his mark was on her heart. And so also for each one of you. But don't just rejoice in the treasure that's in you. Rejoice over those who helped bring that treasure to you, who helped bring that light to you. So I'm hoping someday this little girl will thank mom and dad, right, for bringing her to the baptismal font. Have you done that? Thank mom and dad or whomever it was, a relative, maybe some obscure pastor, I don't know, Sunday school teacher, maybe through the children's message. When did that light begin to shine in you? How about this? How about this week you actually thank someone for bringing that treasure to your life? And then do this, and, and you can all do this. Pick out three people. Somebody asked me, why three? Go ahead. Why three? Why not, right? It's a biblical number, right? Three. We could use that. Pick three people, any three. And see once if, if God might give you an opportunity to shine your light into them. Through your words, through your, through your actions. Do you know anyone who's having a, a hard time right now? Raise your hand, anybody? 
Anybody where it seems like a cloud is kind of hanging over their lives? Yeah, we know people like that. Where life is a challenge, where it's difficult, you can be the light. Rejoice in the opportunity to shine that light. You can do this. This is very simple. Just invite someone to the cantata next Sunday. I guarantee there will be a light. And beautiful sound of the story of the birth of Christ. Now, it's not just all fairy dust and roses, though, for us as Christians, is it? There are obstacles that we all have to overcome. First of all, just stuff in us. So point to the person next to you and say, you are not perfect. Can you do that? Go ahead. You're not perfect. And then say, you look like a cracked pot to me. Go ahead. You look like a cracked pot to me. Right? We're not perfect. We are all flawed. We, we confess that earlier in our service. We do that every week. We should do that every day. But here, I want you to do something for me. Just as you recognize that the person sitting next to you is not perfect, recognize that you are not either. And just as you would like that person next to you to be kinder and a little more patient with you, because we're often the meanest, aren't we, to the people closest to us, even as you want them to be more patient, how about you be more patient? <laughs> and kinder to them. Yes, there's stuff in us, and God is still working that out, but there's also stuff in the world. As Paul writes, we are hard-pressed on every side. Sometimes it feels like the whole world is crushing down on us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Sometimes we're even perplexed, but we are hopefully not in despair. We can even be persecuted, especially by those in the world who don't have the light in them, who don't know Jesus and think you are truly a cracked pot. But we're never abandoned by our Lord. We can even be struck down, but we will never ever be destroyed. That is the reality that I want to reinforce in each one of you this morning. That even when it feels like you're crushed, you are not. It's just God reshaping <laughs> that lump of clay. It's kind of like this. Have you ever heard the, the gospel of the three little pigs, anybody? Gospel of the three little pigs. Have you heard that one? Yeah, we, we know the version, the story. How does it go? Three little pigs. One built a house of what? Straw, right? Built a house of straw. And what? The wolf comes on, and what does he do? He huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down, right? We don't have to make the pig noises. This is church. And the little pig runs away, and he finds his friend who has a house built of what? Sticks. And the wolf does the same thing. He puffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. So that pig goes and he finds the third pig. And what is his house built of? Brick. And of course, the wolf cannot blow down this house. Well, this is the gospel lesson. Someone said it. Jesus once told a story. There are only two houses. One is built on a foundation of sand. And the other is built on the rock, which is Jesus himself in the gospel message and all of his teaching. 
But unlike these three little pigs, which maybe didn't build the best house, these two individuals that built their house, they had the same materials. They have heard the word of God. But the first doesn't obey, and his house is built on sand. The other is obedient and follows all the teachings and put his, puts his full trust on the rock in Jesus himself. So here is the gospel of the story. Sometimes when those storms come to you in life, and they do, sometimes because of the poor decisions that we make, but oftentimes just because we live in a fallen, sinful world. And circumstances and things happen. And the storms come. God is just telling you that to use that opportunity to evaluate your foundation. And if it's not built on the rock, remember we've all heard the word of God, but is it on the Lord where we put our trust? And if not, then we have time. We have time to reevaluate, to reassess, and to build new material of our lives. We are not crushed, but God uses these opportunities to reshape us, to remold us, to make us kinder and more loving and stronger and to persevere. And even if there are cracks, it is simply for the purpose to let our light shine so that others can see it as well. My friends, God triumphs in the end. And so we will never lose our value. All we need to do is look at the cross to know how much our God loves us, to see our true worth. But to make that real, I want to close with this, and I need a volunteer I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> All right. Now, Bart. All right, we want you to face everyone here so the camera can see you. Come up, come back here a little bit. All right, now, I saw this done one time, and it was to show that we are all valuable, okay? So I have something in my pocket. You know, I've done this uh, earlier uh, today in our other services, and I have a genuine... Ben Franklin, what's the number on there? A hundred. This is a real $100 bill. Ooh, okay. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Clark, would you like this $100 bill? Yes, please. <laughs> Very good. I have no choice, do I? <laughs> you really want it? Yes, he does. Okay. All right. We're going to try something. I'm going to crumple it all up. You still want it? Yep. <laughs> How about now? Yep. Clark is a very smart man. No, stay here. We're going to give this to you. Yeah. He knows the value of this piece of paper, whether it is shiny and clean we're all crumpled up and wrinkled. It is still worth $100. The 
You can go back to your seat. And that's the message for all of us. <laughs> it's the only one I've got, sorry. <laughs> uh, we will fill the church next week because we are giving out $100 bills, right? Everybody, right? <laughs> so I just want to leave you with this, this key takeaway, if you'll put that up there. We're all earthen vessels, aren't we? We're all flawed. We're all imperfect. We're made from the dust of the earth. And some of us truly are just crackpots. But in them, we carry an awesome treasure. And so no matter whether you feel like you've been stomped on, whether you're crumpled, whether you feel dirty, even worthless, your value never changes. All you have to do is look at the cross in the empty tomb to know how valuable you are to our Lord and to know that this treasure will always be here. Let's let our light shine this week and every week. Amen? Amen. We have an opportunity this morning to welcome some new members. I'm going to call uh, Don and Josie Miller to come up, if you would. Don and Josie were longtime members here at, I mean, I'm just going to have you stand right here. And they moved away, and they have returned, and we are delighted that they are back with us, and so we are going to welcome them uh, back here to Emmanuel. So, friends in Christ, our Lord Jesus once said to his apostles, whoever confesses me before people, I will also confess before my Father, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will also deny before my Father, who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. So if you would just face me, please. In the presence of God and of this congregation, do you today acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism and say, yes, I do? Do you reject the devil and all his works and all his ways and say, yes, I reject them? And do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, then say, yes, I believe. And do you intend to hear the word of God and receive his blessings, his gifts, his treasures, including the Lord's Supper, faithfully, then say, I do, by the grace of God. And do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death, then say, I do, by the grace of God. And finally, then, do you desire to become a member, a member of Emmanuel Lutheran Church? Then say, I do. Upon this, your confession of faith, I acknowledge publicly that you are indeed members of Emmanuel Lutheran Church. So if you would turn around and face the congregation, let's give them a warm round of applause and welcome. And I will officially congratulate you. <laughs> Welcome back. Great to see you. You may be seated. We'll continue then with our trust, gratitude, and give portion. This morning we're going to do that by video. <laughs> 